0: G'day, everybody, and welcome back to the House of Mario. This encore, we celebrate 25 years of the Pokémon series by looking back at the regions we've explored over the last 25 years. Uh, There's been some wonderful places, sense of discovery, and some really cool Pokémon to discover. So, naturally, for Episode 1, we're going back to the Kanto region, the region that started it all in 1996, with Pokémon Red and Green in Japan. It's just uh wow, I can't believe it's twenty-five years and in some ways it's kinda not that old, but in other ways it is. A little bit older. No, I'm older than Pokemon and dunno. I don't feel that old just yet. I'm approaching my thirties, so I'm twenty six, so I've got I've got a year on Pokemon. Pokemon's been a lot more successful than me though, you know what I mean? So dunno, maybe I shouldn't compare myself that closely. Uh, I don't know. But uh, an interesting way I thought we could go through the Pokemon series is go through a lot of the music that uh, accompanied each game. Uh, Junichi Masuda, the composer for the first... uh, First, like, five generations of Pokemon until he became the producer at Game Freak, really did make some excellent music. And even dating back to the very first games of Pokemon Red and Blue, the music is just absolutely phenomenal. I think it just... All of us hold so much nostalgia for it. It's just absolutely unreal. Uh, just how many locations and that we can remember just with a simple, a simple theme. Like each route, each town, uh, the trainer battles, the Elite Four, it's all fantastic. And uh, in my opinion, it does improve as the technology gets better with the Game Boy Color to the Game Boy Advance, the DS. It's all awesome stuff so uh just a i guess a little bit of sales information for Pokemon Red and Blue. It is the best selling game in the series over thirty one million uh, as of two thousand and nineteen, which is just uh, pretty crazy to think about uh this was when Pokemon was brand new and a brand new fad but uh you know it turns out it's not so much a fad twenty five years here is a here's a twenty six year old drew sitting here talking about Pokemon red and blue but it's uh it's it's really cool uh Bunch of games like I didn't play them when they came out. I I uh, didn't get into Pokemon until Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. Apart from the anime, I was all into that in the in the nineties. But playing the the games, I didn't have a Game Boy, or to be honest, I didn't even know what a Game Boy was. So it took a little bit for me to get into the Pokemon games. I revisited uh, revisited them uh, a few years later. Um, but I actually went through with Pokemon uh, Fire Red Leaf Green. The remakes of these games that came ten years after. So uh, when I did go back to these, it was, uh, I did appreciate sort of where the series have come from, just the, the artwork, the music, and it all just sets such a wonderful base ground for where Pokemon would go, including just like, the characters, the Pokemon themselves, the music and everything. So let's jump into it. So the very first town you go to is called Pallet Town. I think we all know Pallet Town. And we all are very familiar with starting a brand new safe hole and going to Pallet uh, There's not too much to Pallet There's only a couple of houses. There's not too much going on. But uh, as soon as we get sort of control of our character, we go straight up. Because if we go down, we're sort of... We run into the sea and we can't surf. We can't surfboard. We can't swim. We can't do anything like that. So we go s- straight up. And that's uh, that's when we meet Professor Oak. And uh, Professor Oak is... a uh, a big sort of uh, character in this game. It's the character that gives you the Pokedex. He just uh, gives you your very first starter Pokémon. He's always checking up on you throughout the game. There's multiple assistants that you actually run into, and you've got to like have a certain amount of Pokémon, and they give you certain things, which was always very useful, might I add. Uh, you just greet uh, the greeted by the scientists, and oh, thank you very much. Sometimes, if you if you're not really into completing your Pokedex, though. Maybe uh, maybe you won't get the items. If you just stick to your team of six, you might be buggered, so you might miss out. But uh, move back to Professor Oak's lab, and this is where you can uh, claim your very first Pokemon. Personally, for me, when I first went through Fire Red, and basically, if I had to choose one in real life, uh, it might be a bit of a boring answer, but it's definitely Charmander. Charmander is one of my favorite Pokemon. Uh, he's a highlight. I feel like... Through the anime, just with the amount of sorrow you feel for him when he's been neglected, uh, I think a lot of people sort of fell in love with him, and Charizard is a awesome design. But that's not to say Blastoise to Venusaur aren't awesome as well. I think they're just uh, a really cool set of uh, beginning Pokémon that you can start with. And it's sort of, um, I don't know, with the generations that came after, I don't know if that was a bit lost or not, like... Uh, I don't know if any other generations had just the sheer amount of power and coolness that uh, some of these Pokemon had. But, uh, yeah, so Charmander was uh, definitely my pick as well. And uh, as soon as you leave the, uh, I guess, the Professor, you're greeted by your rival. And I think this is, like, one of the the, the coolest themes in the game. When you know this is uh, happening, if, you, if this is your first time playing through the game, you're like, all right. I'm in trouble. (laughs) Uh, Gary Oak or Pooh Head or whatever you decide to call him uh, will come and try to mess you up. And a lot of the battles are pretty difficult. When you're greeted with your very first battle, he will pick the Pokemon that is strongest against yours. So if you pick Charmander, he'll pick Squirtle. If you pick Squirtle, he'll pick Bulbasaur. And if you pick Bulbasaur, he'll pick Charmander. So he's a cheeky little boy. He's a cheeky little boy. But then you move on to Route 1. And this, uh, this music is especially nostalgic. Cause this is the type of music that, if you, uh, it's just ingrained in your head. <laughs> like honestly, like listen to this. I think this. I think at some stage, if we played this as kids or even teenagers, this theme is just like going off in your head every now and again, and you're just humming towards it. And even in like some of the remakes where the music is just a bit more modernised, it's uh, really nice. But, uh, of course, Route 1 is where you get your very first Pokemon wild battle. And, man, like, a lot of the wild themes, I think they're all, they all nail it so much. But, of course, this is the very first one. And this is wicked. It's, just, it's a classic. And when you first have your first Pokemon battle... Uh, You're going up to Viridian City. You have no Pokeballs. You have done yet. So if you run into something especially cool, which you probably won't because there's Pidgey, there's Rattata, uh, I think, is that it? There's no Weedle or Caterpie yet, I don't think. That's when you get to uh, Viridian Forest. But just a a really iconic battle theme that sort of gets uh, built upon as generations go on and the battle themes are always something I'm really keen to hear when I uh, play a brand new Pokemon game. When Pokemon Sword and Shield came out in 2019, I remember at E3 trying to hear the music as uh, they're doing the live demo at E3, and you can just hear it. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's always a jam I've always had on my iPod, whether it's from this generation or all the other generations. I was actually thinking about doing uh, an episode going over all the wild themes, but... Uh, you know, I'm already doing every uh, every <laughs> region, so we're doing a little bit more than that. So you beat your wild Pokemon, and you get this nice little little congratulations. Like, yeah, yeah, I won. It's uh, just all this music is just so iconic. We're moving on to uh, Pewter City. Not a whole lot here. This is where you'll actually face the the eighth gym, being Giovanni, leader of Team Rocket, which. Uh, comes to a surprise to a lot of us because it is a pretty cool surprise if you don't know what's going on and Blue actually becomes the gym leader as uh, as you go on in the second generation. So that's always cool. Uh, another theme that uh, is iconic is the Pokemon theme. And the Pokemon theme... Oh, the Pokemon Center theme, sorry. Uh, didn't change for many generations. It stayed the same. It's just very iconic. Even though a lot of the other music changed being the battle theme, the uh, trainer theme... Uh, But the Pokemon Center stayed very much the same, which I can appreciate, and I think it didn't change until Generation 3 where they introduced a new one, but there actually was a hidden track in Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire where it was just pretty much a remake of this. So, pretty cool. Um, So, we move on to Viridian Forest, and I think this has one of the the most atmospheric uh, tracks in the whole game. Obviously, there's a very (laughs) iconic one coming up later in the game. But Viridian Forest, so I always loved this portion of the game. It's when you, like, you've got a couple of Pokemon under your belt. It's when you can get access to Pokemon like Caterpie and uh, uh, Weedle. <laughs> I forgot Weedle there for a second. Um, but it's always cool getting those Pokemon because they can evolve at such an early level, getting to Butterfree at level 10, uh, which can come in quite handy for Brock. In Pokemon Fire and Leaf Green, at least, you can get it with Absorb. So that always comes in handy. Oh... Man, so many, so many uh, good titles. So, if you're going up against a, a female trainer, you'll come across this theme here, which uh, you like. You know, at this p- portion of the game, you're not sick of uh, trainer battles just yet. You've just started the game, and you need to grind for Brock, uh, especially if you're me who cho- chose Charmander back in Pokemon Red and Blue. You didn't have access to Metal Claw, Metal. Uh, the Metal typing wasn't a t- thing, so you had to go against with your Charmander or maybe an Oddish or something fun like that, you catch in Viridian Forest. Uh, so you've got to kind of rely on other trainers. But then we move into the trainer battle theme and I love the trainer battle theme, the OG classic one so much. It's, uh, it's excellent. It really is. Um, it's something you'll hear a lot throughout the game. So, you know, the first time you hear it, you're like, you don't have to... Listen to it that long. I know there are some other themes in, uh, later on generations where you don't get to hear it that much. So when you get it, you turn up your volume on your Game Boy, your Game Boy Advance, or your DS, and you I used to put headphones in and just listen to it on a static screen. But the, the Trainer Battle isn't one of those. You hear it hundreds of times throughout the game, and it's, it's really, really excellent as well. So you win your battle, you get you a bit of a victory fanfare. And that's uh, when you're checking out your experience points, how much money you've won, and uh, just basking in the rewards. <laughs> uh, moving on to Mount Moon. This was a... You know, Mount Moon's always like a bit of a, a tedious section. There's, if you don't know where you're going, there's like ladders and all of that, and it's your first encounter with Team Rocket in there, and you're wondering, what are these thieves up to? What are these cheeky boys? And if you're playing Pokemon Yellow, you also get to encounter Jesse and James. And, uh... One of the, I guess, pivotal moments, uh, the choices you get to make in the game as well, is what fossil you're going to choose. You're going to choose uh, Omanite or Kabuto. I always personally liked Omanite, uh, but uh, Kabuto Ops is really cool too. So, whatever choice you make, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. It kind of sucks that you have to wait all the way into Cinnabar to uh, sort of uh, get it uh, restored and uh, in those games it got restored at level 5 so there was like no chance of using it which really sucked I I feel like maybe they should have just let you go straight back to the museum in Pewter City to redo it so you could actually use it I think that would have been a lot better because what's the point of doing it at the second to last gym like I, I feel like maybe that was a bit of an oversight or don't know I don't know why they made you wait so late it would have been like a maybe a bit of a reason to make you backtrack or whatever but whatever the reason what are you going to do uh, you move on to Route 4, which is... <laughs> all the route music in this is just so iconic, I feel like. And uh, I've, every now and again, you just like it, find yourself whistling it as you're going for a walk or something. Absolutely excellent. And uh, actually, one of my favourite cities. You're moving on to Cerulean City, the, uh, the home of uh, Misty's Gym, the water-type gym, and there's a lot going on here, so... You can either go and verse Misty straight away or you can go up to Nugget Bridge and uh, go along to Bill's house and you find out Bill has turned into a Pokemon. And you're like, Bill, why have you turned yourself into a Pokemon? It turns out he was trying to experiment with his box uh, system. He is the uh, the man behind the Pokemon boxes, which you deposit your Pokemon in. So a very important man throughout the whole series. Uh, there's been other people that uh, say that they've made it, say in the Hoenn region and stuff, but Bill is the OG man. He's the OG man. And he turned to a fairy one day. And, I don't know. That's a bit embarrassing. I feel I feel a little bit sorry for the poor man. But uh, doing all that, versing Team Rocket on Nugget Bridge, asking if you want to be a part of Team Rocket, and it's one of those parts of the game where it's like, yes, I would like to be a part of Team Rocket. That would be fun. Uh, but they don't let you say no. Oh, yes. They don't let you say no. Yes. God. Give him my What's yes or no, you know? But that's uh, one of the cool parts of the game too and it was also part of your, uh, I guess, second rival battle, which uh, holds a lot of weight, I feel like. But uh, this is when we... Uh, I would usually do all that stuff before versing the gym. So versing Misty's gym was... It's usually pretty easy. Uh, even if you do have a Charmander, you usually have a Grass-type or something like that. Uh, if you've got Pokemon Yellow... Uh, You've got Pikachu, so it's usually like really easy. So the gym theme is another really iconic battle theme that has a lot of kick and punch to it. So as you enter the gym, it's just like, yeah, you know, you're like, I'm in a place, I'm in a pretty important place, and I feel like the Pokemon series has always been really good at sort of letting you know when's like a light chirpy walk through a route, or just going into a gym, being like, all right, I'm in business. So after you do uh, Misty's Gym, you can go to Route 24. It's another... (laughs) I'm going to say for every single Route, I'm sorry. But, like, I hadn't gone through this uh, soundtrack before doing this episode. I'm just listening to it for the first time in years. I haven't played through Pokemon Red and Blue for a very long time. Maybe... Well, it came out on the Virtual Console in 2013, so it would have been around then when I uh, played through them on 3DS. But uh, playing through Pokemon Let's Go and all that, obviously the music's uh, a lot different. But even then, like, just the remix music they did in Pokemon Fire and Leaf Green and, uh, yeah, Pokemon Let's Go, just really, really nostalgic. Um, And, like, all all Pokemon music's really nostalgic for me until, like, honestly, Generation 8. That's because it's like, it came out a bit over a year ago. (laughs) But even then, like, the music is fantastic. And that's going to be a theme if you uh, keep listening to these episodes and go through it. So we've got Jigglypuff song where you can... Uh, I think if you click on a Jigglypuff one of the Pokemon centers, it plays uh, plays the song. Um, then we move on to Verillion City. Vermil- <laughs> yeah, Vermillion City. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so, yeah. This, is, I'll be, this isn't a theme so much what sticks out to me, but... Uh, maybe some of the city music isn't so iconic compared to the routes for me. I'm not sure if that's the same for you guys listening at home. But, um, yeah. But uh, I think Vermilion City, usually when you get there, uh, you, you run straight through it and you're like, Alright, I'm going to the SSN. And the SSN has a very, very uh, sort of uh, nostalgic different tone as well. Uh, it's, it's one of those themes you only hear once in the game. Once you go onto the SSN, you do your thing, you get off. The SSN ships off. So you've only got one opportunity to sort of hear this. And uh, it kind of makes it kind of special. You've got to make sure when you go in there, you got to make sure you get all the items. You've got to make sure you verse all the trainers so you get enough XP to pr- progress through the game at a steady pace. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just a really, really cool... So I don't know how many Pokemon games since have had an area that sort of disappears afterwards, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing necessarily. I know games that lock off areas once the certain progress in the story has been made. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. That's kind of annoying actually, but it did make this place a bit more special, being not being able to go back there. That's how I felt anyway. But having a rival battle on there, that was one of the harder rival battles I remember as a kid. Having to, like, save there. Like, right, I've got to make sure I beat him because he kicks my ass. Um, also in Vermilion City, you'll verse Lieutenant Surge. One of the, I don't know. He wasn't one of the more difficult trainers. Like, the gyms at the start were a bit harder. But um, if you have like, the right Pokemon, you are right. If you had a Squirtle, though, of course, you're going to have a bit of a hard time. So moving on to Route 11. Uh, Route 11, another iconic Pokemon theme song. As you go into it it's like all these routes are just so well done <laughs> that's all i've got to say about them all but uh, as you go along route 11 if you keep going through when you go through the little checkpoint area you'll come onto to sort of the uh, the docks area near the sea and you'll be blocked by a snorlax and there's only two snorlax in the game there is one right here and there's one in another area we'll get to but uh, this is the main one that halts your progress and makes you sort of dial back and like figure out where you got to go because you know a lot of people just sort of go through and go, all right, can't go through here. But it's actually the poker flute that you need later on in the game. And the poker flute, a very iconic key item in the game to go along with your bicycle, which I didn't actually talk about, but I dare say the bicycle theme will be coming up in here. So there's the poker flute. That's a little song you play. Wakes up the Snorlax for whatever reason. And uh, right here we've got the the male trainer theme, which uh, is another very iconic theme from Pokemon Red and Blue. Sounds good. Yeah. But uh, here's one that I've been really looking forward to getting into. So, the Pokemon Gym Battle. So, another one right up there. It is iconic. And this is also the Elite Four theme for the games too. Because, like, uh, I guess there was only so much memory on the Game Boy cartridge, but well, they couldn't fit just, like, themes for every single trainer, every single type of thing. So they did double up on a few things, inc- including Pokemon cries that are uh, pretty notorious with, like, Rhydon and Charizard and a lot of Pokemon sharing pretty similar uh, cries. But this theme is absolutely amazing. I listened to this uh, sort of song remixed by uh, artists in the Pokemon community a lot, um, and it got even improved on with remakes of the games going into the into the future so absolutely awesome theme and like with these themes in the pokemon universe you just know that you're really going against someone strong and powerful that's how i feel anyway but of course you eventually win like you're the pokemon master you're going to get there eventually so this is like a little victory screen. congratulations everybody well done well done and here I am with the, uh, the the cycling theme. So, the cycling theme, I don't know about you guys, but, like, it's happy enough, it sounds fun, but in, in games, like, going beyond this, I, I honestly got sick of the bike theme. I'm like, alright, I've, I've, I've had enough. And sometimes it actually made me not want to ride the bike. Like, <laughs> I've had enough. I just want to, I want to hear, like, all of this music, but if you... Ever go on a bike in one of these routes or whatever? That music disappears and this comes on, and like when you hear it enough, you get sick of it. So, don't know. That's it's one of the themes. I'd give you know honestly, I'm going to give it a thumbs down. I'm I've got to say that at least some of the music in this game's whatever. You know, it's too happy. I can't be this happy. I've got to be on an epic adventure. It's way too happy. But uh, once you get to Lavender Town, this is the music you sort of uh, accompanied by once you get a, out of a Rock Tunnel, which is real bastard Rock Tunnel. Rock Tunnel's not much fun. It's like, honest. it's that part of the game that uh, sort of signifies, I guess, the middle part as you're moving sections from the beginning to the middle. Um, but then you get out of there and you're greeted by uh, Valen- Lavender <laughs> Town. And, man, this place is a dire place. And this is a very iconic theme. Even though this is on the Game Boy, it's produced by The Chip, uh, by uh, Junichi Masuda. Uh, This really has some weight. It's such a creepy song that plays throughout a lot of the town. And even when you go into the Pokemon Tower, it's uh, very, very creepy. I think it just like nails the sort of darker tones of, of this place. So This is the Pokemon Tower. And this place is notorious as far as, like, Pokemon legend goes. So, you actually meet your rival here. Um, I guess uh, I, I refer to him as Blue because I'm a big fan of the Pokemon manga. But he's uh, he's sh- showing rest to a Pokemon here that has seemingly passed away on his team. And a lot of people have put it together that the last time you see his Raticate was on the SSN. And that when you defeat his team and he doesn't have, uh, access to a Pokemon center, that the Raticate actually died and he's paying respects to that Raticate here, uh, at Ballinger Town. And man, that's, uh, that's some heavy stuff for a Pokemon. And a, a lot of the story here with the Marowak and, uh, being the Cubone's mother and how you've got to go and get the, the Silph scope to sort of uncover the ghost's true identity and uh, what Team Rocket's is doing there. And it's just, a it is a very interesting portion of the game, which uh, has very dark undertones compared to a lot of the rest of the of this game, and honestly, the series. Like, the, none of the mainline series has really touched on dark stuff like this. Like, you know, it's gone bonkers with space and time in uh, Diamond and Pearl, and you know, it's done some weird stuff with the evil teams. But just like as a portion of the story, to do with like one part of the town, like this, this. Story doesn't have anything to do with like the overarching game, but uh, just as like a interesting place to go to, I think it's one of the most interesting places in the whole series. It's really cool. So you uh, progress through there, and uh, you get to uh, Celadon City. And Celadon City, honestly, it's my favourite place in the Kanto region. I think it's uh, honestly, it's probably like, I guess like the hub of the uh, of the of the Kanto region. And going... Like, it's got the... The Pokemon... I forgot the name of it. I'm just going to call it the Pokemon Mall, where there's plenty of shops to go to. There's a, a cafe and a restaurant down the bottom, which is a lot of fun to go to. I, I used to love going down there and checking out, like, the people's food. I know it's only, like, Sprite-based. Um, even the later generations, like, with uh, Pokemon Let's Go and stuff. I just loved going there and getting... I don't know what it was. I, I, think, um, I think I associate, like, some part of Kanto with food. Just with watching the Pokemon anime while I ate my lunch or whatever when I was a kid. So <laughs> having that restaurant there was actually like a big highlight for me. There was nothing to do there. Like honestly, there's nothing there. Some guy just says, you know, this pasta's is tasty and you can talk to the chef, but that was a <laughs> that was a that was one of my favorite buildings in the whole game. Like it's just just nothing place, but it kind of shows you how you sort of make your own story when you play through some of these games. But uh, the game, the game corner, trying to get enough coins for Porygon and a lot of the uh, sort of rewards there, and uh, obviously uh, the the uh, uh, grass gym as well. And there's the old pervy man at the front, <laughs> which is always funny. They sort of retconned it, and they in a Pokemon Let's Go they said, "Oh, look at all the grass Pokemon in there." But he was actually looking at the ladies, and that was touched on with the Pokemon anime as well, where Brock's really excited and wants to go undercover into the into the gym because there's only only ladies are allowed in there and Ash had to go undercover too to get in there to earn the badge. Which is really cool. But um the badge was never really that hard to get for me. It was at the point where uh it's probably a point in the game where it was hard to sort of cater towards what level your Pokemon were. At this point in the game you can sort of choose multiple directions to go on. You can sort of choose where you want to go and Honestly, it's like my favorite part of the generation 1 games in a uh, Kanto, you can sort of make your own decision where you want to go. You can just sort of have fun with it. Go where you want to go. But uh this is where you have like your I guess your first major encounter with a uh, Team Rocket um in the in the game corner. So you go into the game corner. And it's all it's all chirpy music and but you notice some Team Rocket grunts in there. You're like, "What's what's going on here? What's, uh, what's the go going on here? So then you have a look around and you click on the walls and press A on a lot of things and you sort of notice that there's a poster on the wall which is sort of peeled off. You're like, okay, okay. All right. So then you, you click, you go up to the poster, you click it and uh, a, a secret door opens, you go underground and that's where uh Team Rocket's uh, hidden base is. So, you go down there and it's a, uh, he like, all right, this is, this is weird. I just went from this really happy game corner to just turned it. It's just this setup for Team Rocket. I was lied to the whole time. Oh, my God. And in there, there's a bunch of, like, wacky puzzles to go through. And, man, like, sort of figuring this out for the very first time. And even if it's been a while, it's like, all right, where do I go? Like, you choose sort of a, a, a bit of a, a panel to go on, and it spins you, and you got to figure out the right path to go. And in there, there are plenty of uh, Team Rocket grunts diverse as well. And it's sort of like the notorious theme when a Team Rocket grunt comes up to you, like, all right, shit's gonna go down, I'm gonna kick your ass. Your Raditar are toast, mate. Your Raditar are toast. But you go through and you battle Giovanni, and uh, you basically kick straight into, uh, I guess, the second phase of this uh, story when you go to Silvco. Uh, they've taken over Silphco to sort of take the Master Ball from uh, the Silphco. Silphco created the Master Ball, which is a Poké Ball that has a 100% catch rate. There's only one of them at the moment. And uh, a lot of us save it save it for Mewtwo. Mewtwo's got a lot higher catch rate at the end of the game. But um, honestly, I guess you can throw it at anything. You can throw it at one of the legendary birds or, hell, I don't know. I don't even know what else you would use it on. Um, you might want to use it on a Chansey or something in the Safari Zone, but you can only use Safari Balls and... Bait in there, so no good, no good. But uh, the first time I was in the Silph Co, it took me, it took me a long time to get through it. Like there's lots of puzzles, going through warp puzzles, and lots of trainers to battle, people to free, scientists to battle. Like it's a really cool sort of place. And uh, this is also where you get one of my favourite Pokémon in the Kanto region, which is Lapras. A scientist gives it to you and says, "Hey." Uh, I think it will have a better life with a trainer that, it, you know, explores, gets around, not just locked in a in a laboratory. So it gives you a Lapras and it is a little bit, I guess, unfortunate because it is pretty late in the game. You've already got like your party pretty figured out. Uh, but I usually save a place for my Lapras and, you know, around, uh, I guess, uh, uh, Celadon City is where you'll typically, I typically get my Porygon, my Lapras, you know, I've already got my Charizard. Maybe I've got a Pidgeot or something. That's where my team is uh, really coming together. So we're moving on to the, the surf theme, where you can finally surf. You can go You can go back to Pallet Town, which is really cool, and you can, like, surf down to uh, Cinnabar Island. Uh, typically, I go to Fuchsia City uh, to, like, surf. That's the route I go, but, you know, it's a lot more straight, straight uh, forward path if you go to Pallet Town. Which uh, you know, I don't know why I don't go there, but it's just that just happens to be where you usually get uh, where you are in Future City when you get surf and stuff. So um, yeah, you, you, orig- you uh, eventually get to Cinnabar Island, and Cinnabar Island you don't spend a whole lot of time there. It is a uh, it is cool that it's basically like a a volcano. With <laughs> it's like why did you build here? But it makes a lot of sense. That's where the Fire Gym is. Oh, where did my music go? That's weird. But yeah, it's where, where the where the fire gym is and all of that. And you Sir uh, uh, Blaine, the uh, fire-type gym leader. And that's what the Pokemon Mansion is as well. And this has like a really upbeat, pretty cool little theme. Like You could do some pretty serious remixes with this. But uh, ultimately, you don't spend a whole lot of time here. But you do get a lot of cool lore about the legendary Pokemon, Mew. And Mew is a Pokemon that was meant to be given out just by, uh, I guess, mystery gift or just event type thing. He wasn't in the game, but we're all pretty clued on to the infamous sort of uh, Nugget Bridge glitch and a few other glitches as well. But the Nugget Bridge glitch is probably the easiest to pull off where you can make it appear at the end by doing various things. I actually can't remember. I pulled it off... A few times before, but I actually can't remember what it was. I've got a, a Mew in Pokémon Home. That's actually through manipulating that glitch. But uh, you kind of, it kind of, it kind of hints that uh, Ditto was failed Mewtwo to uh, like attempts. Like they're trying to cl- clone Mew, the one of the most po- powerful Pokémon. They come up with Mewtwo, but all the Ditto, that are in that mansion, sort of come from failed Mew attempts, and you can sort of see that through, uh, you know, the color pink and. Uh, just the only move that it has is transform which is a basically muse base uh, move so a lot of cool trivia you can like there's plenty of books and stuff to read in there but as a kid you know you're like yeah whatever but this is this isn't the theme I've actually touched on yet this is a pretty low down so you've got the evolution theme and the evolution theme pre- stayed pretty much the same throughout the whole series it only got changed up a little bit a little bit of an extra note here and there a little bit more oomph in the animation. But it's always exciting when you hear this. You know that uh, your Pokemon's getting stronger and it's turning into something that's uh, really going to be quite good for you in battle. So that was always uh, always a fun one. And uh, once you defeat Giovanni for the very last time as a gym leader, you turn him good again, Team Rocket disbands, so you go on to the Indigo Plateau. And the Indigo Plateau is where only the best trainers go. And once you go through all of the uh, eight gateways for each badge it gets gathered by each badge you have um you go on to the onto the pokemon league you got to defeat the elite four and the pokemon champion but who is the pokemon champion of the kanto region well we don't know because we're not yet there yet but going through this area is like you know this is it feels cool when you finally get here you've done the whole game you put hours into it you've got a team that is ready to kick ass and this music just re, really reinforces that. That it is time to go and kick some ass. I love it so much. But you get through the Elite Four and uh, you get to uh, the champion. And, of course, the champion is uh, none other than the rival that's been pestering us the whole time. It's been one step ahead of us. And, uh, to be honest, it really grinds my gears, everyone. It really grinds my gears. So, the champion theme, one of the coolest themes. Like, even though this is on Game Boy, this song has so much epicness and while like remakes and remixes and that have sort of uh, done a better job at making it feel grand and epic, this song is awesome. When you're versing Blue for the very last time, you know it's on and you want to you freaking crush this guy. He's always been one step ahead of you, he's always been saying, smell you later. Like, smell you later. you got to be bloody serious. Are you telling me I stink? So you want to kick his ass. And even though he has the, the advantage with the... The starter Pokemon that is strong against yours. You uh, you just want to kill him. You want to kill him. <laughs> Not so much kill him. That's a bit rough. It's a bit much. But if you're a, a real Pokemon master, if you have all the gym battles... All the gym badges, sorry... And you, uh, you eventually come out victorious. And uh, this Hall of Fame music, it feels so good when you finally get it. And uh, I think the Hall of Fame music just in all the generations really just encapsulates just how much of a journey sort of going through each region is. And it's special, man. And when you're hearing this music, you're seeing your team lined up with your trainer in the middle and a lot of the time <laughs> for, for me at least I can't talk for everyone but you feel so proud of the Pokemon that you've trained throughout the region you've picked your favourites most likely and you've really put your heart and soul into them and it's awesome seeing them triumph and being uh, encapsulated in the Hall of Fame and uh, that's where the that's where the game ends that's where the game ends you go through the credits and the game's over <sighs> so good man just uh you know riding your bike back through all the towns all the routes you've been to seeing the Pokemon that you've seen along the way and uh yeah so now all you've got is your Pokedex to complete in in Pokemon red and blue like it certainly wasn't an easy task and in the later generations they've made completing the Pokédex a bit easier but in this you really did have to work for it you had to make sure you had a friend who chose the opposite fossil who had the uh, extra version Uh, also maybe three friends who could lend you a starter Pokémon for each evolution Uh, there's a lot to do and even with Eevee you can only get one Eevee and Eevee has three evolutions so you need at least three friends to do a lot of these or maybe someone who's very quick at playing through the game (laughs) and trading you these Pokémon but uh, this, this series started with these games. And I feel like, you know, they're, they're not perfect by any means of the imagination. You know, the story, while I look back on it very fondly with, n- with nostalgia, you know, it's pretty basic. But that's all it had to be. It had to be a story of starting off and, you know, not necessarily having the advantage. But, you know, with the power of your Pokemon and all of that trite stuff, <laughs> uh, you, uh, you get through it. And I feel like that's a really important message. I think it helps me as a kid just, you know, not everything comes to you easy. And as an adult, I can tell you right now, nothing comes to you easy. And even right now, the Pokemon franchise really does uh, do do really, really well for me. But that's, uh, that's every song in Pokemon Red and Blue, everyone. So I want to thank you very much for joining me for this episode. And I'm really looking forward to going through the other Pokemon Generations. Uh, obviously, the next generation, next Monday, will be uh, Generation 2, Pokemon Gold and Silver. And in Gold and Silver, you do go back to the Kanto region, but I don't think I'll be going back uh, to too much of the Kanto music, but we'll see what I feel like at the time. I actually got through this at not too bad, at uh, 37 minutes, it's uh, saying on my uh, little counter there. But uh, before we go, I've gone to a PokemonCries.com, right? And we've got, we've got to try and guess the cries from Generation 1. And uh, to be honest, I clicked on a couple. On my, I've got no idea. So I'm going to play this theme or this cry, sorry. And let's try, let's try and guess it together. So play the cry now. So we've got, we've got options here. So I'm going to make it a little bit easier. I'm not just going to let you uh, try and guess off the bat. But we've got Seal, Sand Slash, Venusaur, or Drowsy. And uh, I, I honestly can't remember. I'm going to say drowsy. So I'm going to click on that. I'm going to make it quick. I'm not going to sit here and ponder for 25 hours. It's a drowsy. Uh, so the next one. Oh, so that's actually pretty hard because I, be- I believe uh, I believe it's Hypno. I think it's Hypno, but I think I've got Hypno, Psyduck, Treo, and Pidgeot here. So I'm going to say, has <laughs> got a pr- pretty similar cry, I think. So I'm gonna say hypno. Um, Next one. Okay, so we got uh, Dodrio, Raichu, Nidoran male, or Nidoran female. I think it's one of the Nidorans. I'm gonna say female. Making this very quick. Ooh, that's definitely Puff. Don't even have to uh, say that there. Ooh, so that's definitely a legendary bird. We've got Moltres, Articuno, Muck or Mankey. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure it's it could be Ivor. I think it's Articuno. All right, so we've got Slowpoke, Machoke, Aradactyl or Meowth. I think that's um, Machoke. Uh, number seven here. Oh my god. <laughs> so I've got Marowak, Raichu, Diglett or Weepinbell. I'm sort of going towards Weepinbell Bell here, but I think a lot of these shares things, as well. I'm going to say Weepinbell. Bell. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, we've got Vileplume, Charmander, Hypno, or Squirtle. I think it's pretty sure it's Vileplume. Omanyte, Wigglytuff, Joodood, or Poliwag. I think it's omenite. All right, I think this one's pretty obvious too out of these lists here. So we got Grima, Magma, uh, Seal, or Venonat. I think it's Magma. Okay, so I've got my results here. So we'll see how you guys went as well. So for question one, it was Sandslash. Got that right. Uh, question number two it was Hypno. Got that right. Question three was Nidoran Female. So that's good ears on me. Uh, <laughs> number four was Jigglypuff. Number five was Articuno. So I got the first ones right. Uh, question six was Machoke, but then I failed question seven, which was Raichu, and I choose Weepin' Bell. So whoopsie doopsie. Uh question eight was Vileplume. Uh question question uh nine was omenite. Yeah, I chose that, didn't I? Yeah. And uh question ten was uh it was actually Grimer. I thought I, I thought that was a shoe in actually. Wow. So I, I ended up with uh, seven out of ten. What did I get wrong then? I got uh I got grammar wrong. I needed mag yeah I needed grammar. I needed Raichu. Oh it wasn't drowsy yeah. It was sand- I didn't get sand slash in the first one right. gotcha. It was sand slash. Okay so I got three wrong so that's not too bad. So uh, if you played along at home or in the car or whatever, let us know what you got. Uh, hopefully you got more than me. Um, you know I should get more. I'm meant to be a Pokemon master but here we are. I'm a Pokemon master in my own heart anyway. Regardless, guys, thank you very much for joining me for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the rest of the Pokemon content we got here at the House of Mario Encore for February and March. we got three episodes a week going up. I hope you enjoy it we got guests, we got topics, we got, uh, you got know, journeys throughout each region. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. If you like to follow me and the show, you can follow me at Idruby. You can follow the show at The House of Mario. If you enjoyed this, uh, you know, we're a very small podcast, so every Apple iTunes review helps. Every subscription on youtube.com slash Idruby helps. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. Just thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, the doors to The House of Mario Encore are closed. Catch you next time.